Hey guys, and welcome to The Root. Our aim is to reach college students so that they may be influenced by the Word of God. We want to provide a space where students can come to absorb authentic college insight and wisdom that is rooted by our knowledge of God's Word and by our own personal experiences. Come, join us here on The Root so that together we can engage on what it looks like to live out your faith on the college campus while being rooted in God's Word. Yo, we back here on the roo, baby, and I am pumped. So, but today, my name is still Austin Mobby, <laughs> and I got my boy Robbie here, and we have a special guest today. It's my boy Brenton, aka Chocolate Citay. Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, fucking town, what up, downtown, Dallas, Austin, Houston, or whoever, wherever y'all San Antonio, you know what I'm saying, this is your boy City, it uh, is your boy Chocolate City, how y'all doing, how y'all making it, yeah, uh, praying, praying for all of y'all, man, praying for all the saints, all out there, yeah, man, so, so, Brenton, or Chocolate City, as we know him, um, he's a, a member at Redemption Story Church, as I am myself, um, and actually my home group leader. And so, man, I just was thinking about this time and who we wanted to bring on as a guest, and uh, man, I felt led to, to invite this man on. And so, actually, before we dive in and just kind of uh, a brief rundown and just to give you a, a broad, uh, not broad, but a specific um, idea of what we're going to be talking about is going to be evangelism. Um, it's, you know, kind of the thought process in which why I wanted to invite uh, Chocolate City on here, man, is because this dude literally lives for evangelism. I like, there's not a moment, uh, whether we're at church, at church, outside of church, at work, like this dude is sharing his faith, bro, and talking about Jesus. And it is encouraging to me to be able to live alongside him and get to see it like done. Um, and man, I, I would encourage more people to live like him and so man i really wanted to bring him on and have him share his his testimony his life and uh, his experience um and just speak wisdom um to our listeners and so man glad to have you here bro yeah hey 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 i'm I'm glad to be here with you boys you know what i'm saying and uh talk about something that's uh i feel like sometimes we kind of fail at you know what i'm saying and um always still learning i'm always learning so um just thankful 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 for you, for you guys for sure yeah man just want to Bounce off what Mavi said, just really encouraged by just different members in the church, uh, just different seasons of their life, uh, getting wisdom and discernment from their experiences um, in a variety of different topics. And I mean, obviously, today's is evangelism. Uh, so, Brandon, I guess the first question I have is, you know, we're naturally sinful um, and the flesh doesn't want to evangelize because the flesh doesn't want to follow the spirit. Right. So in your experience, what fears do you have? concerning evangelism, whether like in the past or maybe some fears you still kind of face whenever you're tasked with evangelism? I think um, one thing that I, that is saying the wrong thing. Um, I think sometimes when, if you watch too much YouTube uh, and you watch these brothers like Frank Turk and, uh, you know, Robbie, um, it's a sort of subject, but uh, um, R.I.P., yeah, and um, you, you got all these different ones out there, and they're uh, Jeff Durbin. I forget, I forget these guys too, but 
the way they kind of evangelize, the way they talk about it, it's just like an extension of kind of like who they are. And so if you watch too much of that and then you kind of like think about yourself, you um, you can kind of be frightened by like, oh, man, I don't know enough information to be able to speak to people. And um, and I think that is something that sometimes I might struggle with um, initially when I go into evangelism. It's just like, man, am I going to say the wrong thing or am I going to get asked a question that, man, I don't know the answers to. But those are kind of the, some of the things. But I mean, there's all there's all kinds of other uh, fears that I have. But those are just kind of the, some of them. Yeah, I think that comparison trap we can definitely fall into is like, wow, uh, this brother or sister in Christ knows a ton more about, you know, verses or I'll have, have all these verses memorized and I don't have that yet. So the lie that I feel like I've bought in the past is like, okay, well, let me get up, let me store up all this knowledge. And then once I get to a certain level, then I'll go out. But then you find yourself like no one fully knows the Bible. So if you keep buying that lie, you'll probably die before you convince yourself I'm ready to evangelize. Um, and so, I mean, have you had any situations in which, you know, an unplanned evangelistic, uh, opportunity where you just kind of went in and, uh, just saw the Lord work and kind of speak for you, um, in that, in that, uh, circumstance, um, any encouragement in a situation like that? Yeah. So, um, uh, at work, usually before I go into the building, uh, I pray, um, I ask the Lord to give me an opportunity, um, and whatever it is that I'm doing. So uh, the one moment, the one thing, the one example I could say is, is like uh, I was talking to this one member. Um, we were talking about, because I work in the electronics department of Costco, and um, we just started talking about electronics, and then all of a sudden it kind of birthed itself into evangelism. I mean, I I was able to proclaim the gospel, that person and come to faith, but we did have a pretty enriched conversation about it. Um, there was a lot of questions. There was a lot of smoke and mirror questions that this person presented. Um, and there were certain times where I was like, I don't have the answer. Right. Um, but the gospel was still proclaimed. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it just happens. I mean, I, I'm a, I always tell my, tell uh, people, I'm like, look, until they tell me that I can't preach, I'm going to continue to keep doing it mm-hmm. until, until the, you know, until I'm going to go to jail for it. And so I'm still doing it. Let's go. Yeah. I think to that point, uh, I think sometimes just throwing yourself in the deep end and seeing if you can swim. Um, obviously you should be wise if you don't, I think you should have at least a little bit of a conversation and maybe a little bit of discipleship from an older, a more mature uh, brother or sister in the, in the faith. But uh, just an example, this was this past summer and uh, I was serving with the church in South Dallas and uh, it's a zip code. That's a, it's a food desert. There's only one grocery store in that, in that uh, area and there's only one bank. And so um, there's a lot of basic needs that um, are just struggle to get, to be met. And, uh, so I signed up just because I thought it was going to be, I was gonna be like labor, you know, I was just gonna be throwing big boxes into vehicles and stuff. And I get there and they're like, Hey, actually, uh, everyone's like packing boxes, but you're also going to be talking to people and just talking about the gospel and asking how, you know, um, we can just fellowship together in the future and stuff. 
And so just thrown to the deep end, you know, was not expecting gospel conversations, at least for me to be leading them with people I hadn't met. And so it was just really cool uh, just going on the opposite side of it. You know, I feel like if they would have said, hey, sign up for this, uh, you're going to be having some tough conversations and evangelize to a lot of people, I feel like not a lot of people would sign up because they, they, they doubt themselves with that comparison aspect, right? Yeah. Um, but it was awesome just seeing the Lord work with uh, the people, with the volunteers, and uh, just those relationships growing in that area. So um, just to that point, right, like at work, you didn't go into work saying, I'm going to talk to this person about the gospel. It just popped up. And you're like, okay, God, you strapped in, and you're like, let's go. Um, and you were faithful, and so that's, that's really encouraging. But Bobby, you got a question? Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> I kind of want to take this to another level. So, Uh-oh. uh oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, I'm I'm gonna I'm get deep with it. So, yeah, we gonna take it there. Anyways, um, on a serious note, man, like, especially with, with everything that's going on right now, when it comes to like racial divide and reconciliation process and being a, a, an African-American man yourself, it's like, man, what is and how does a, uh, evangelism affect your life? Like, do people take you seriously? Like, do you see kind of like a kickback from from people in the workplace? Because, you know, there is still this idea of like, oh, Christianity is just a white, you know, religion, um, which is not the case. And so, man, give me like just your experience with that and what that looks like. Hmm. <sighs> I mean, I would say that if I'm talking to someone who really has no identity with the church, they didn't kind of grow up in with church, I'm not seeing any issues, so to speak. Um, I think people listen to what I have to say. Um, and I would say it's not so much, you know, there, there is a confidence that comes about, but it's not something that is coming from me. You know, I, I believe that Holy Spirit is there and is... Um, what they are seeing or what they're hearing is Holy Spirit grabbing them, grabbing them, mm-hmm. grabbing their attention. Um, I would say that, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there's necessarily an issue with racial divide. I think maybe that might be coming more from the from the Christian perspective sometimes, um, where I would say if just take uh, what's Jackie Hill Perry's Preston Perry, right? Is that uh, Jackie Hill Perry's husband? Is that his name? Oh, Preston I don't. Perry. I don't remember what his name is. All right. So I, I would say. Mr. Perry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Miss, Mr. Perry, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like, I think if Christians were to listen to a an evangelist, they're probably going to go more the route of Jeff Durbin than go Mr. Perry. I mm. think that's that's where I would say I would see a divide. Um, yeah. And why do, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that's, you know, more common than we would like to say it is? Do you think it's a relational thing, like um, a, co- a commoner kind of draw, um, you know, like what maybe your opinion on that? I, I mean, there could be there could be there's multi facets of issues. I mean, I think like because there is more videos out there with white uh, pastors or white evangelists um, that are put out through media that there is a, a sense of like, well, a white individual has most of the answers. Whereas like there are many, there are many other ethnicities that are out there doing evangelism, but they're not recording what they are doing. 
Um, and so maybe that's why some people don't take, um, regardless, black, white, or, or I should say black, Hispanic, Latino, whatever, um, Asian, whatever, that a lot of people don't really see them as someone as knowledgeable as their white counterparts. Uh, I think it's just, there's just a... Um, that's the in circulation video wise. I think that's, I think Christians would probably hover more to the white individual as opposed to the minority. Mm. Yeah. And so like, I think <clears throat> I, I want, I, I agree. Like I think because of the perception in which is placed upon our, our, our belief and how white leaders are commonly put at the top versus someone of minority dissent um there's a misconception of like like you're saying you know oh they know more or this is the guy to go to kind of mentality maybe it's not even they know more it's just like oh he's just he has he has more uh what's the what's the word like um he's a better repertoire than this person because this person's not as talked about it's like no like just because this person is talked about a lot doesn't mean that he is the best resource sometimes the best resource is the guy you're doing life with you know, um, it may not even be someone who's on the pedestal in the pulpit, you know, but, uh, I think that even just takes us into our next point of like, man, even, even when it comes to the, the topic of evangelism and, you know, who we want to model, um, it's like who that's, that person is Jesus. It's like, you look at the life of Jesus and the way he met people where they were at and how he met them. I mean, one, it was gentle. It was, it was humble. Like, th- dude, this dude was, he, he was the high priest, bro. Like, he was at the right hand of God, forgoed all those things in heaven to come to lowly earth and eventually, you know, find himself next to a Samaritan woman at a well right. in Samaria right. where he, right. Jew, did not belong. Not only was he in Samaria, which is known to be one of the, like, lowliest of low countries and ethnicities, but to top it off, this this person was a woman who was like the bottom of the bucket, you know, and, but yet he approached her and made it a point to no matter who you were, the gospel was for you, right? We are all worthy of the gospel um, and no person is too good um, to share the gospel and not everyone is perfect enough to share the gospel. But within that imperfection, that's what makes us uh, what's, that's what qualifies us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, I agree. So my my, my next question would be like, man, why do we do it? Like, why do we evangelize? Why do we evangelize? Well, it's a command first and foremost. Uh, the Lord did command us in Matthew to go out and make disciples of all all peoples, right? And um, He commands us to do this, but yet. Um, we, I think a lot of people kind of struggle to not do it for whatever reason. Um, there's many reasons why they don't, but first and foremost, it is a commandment. So it's not like you have to have a special skill to evangelize. Um, obviously, there's misconceptions with what evangelism is, and I think that a lot of people think, well, you have to have, you got to be a uh, What's those personality types they always say? Extroverts and introverts, right? So you have to be an extrovert to be able to proclaim the gospel, which I would say most people that I come into contact with are introverts. 
that evangelized. Moses was not an extrovert. <laughs> you can read. You can read Exodus. He was like, God, please send me with someone else who can help. He was like, All right, bet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I don't really see Peter as a as an extrovert either. I mean, though, though he had a lot of. He had a, he had anger issues, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, he he had problems, bro. I mean, I don't even see Paul as a as an extrovert either. Um, maybe he was, but I could be wrong. But it is a commandment, like straight out, straight out the gate. The Lord is commanding us right from the get go when He sends His disciples forth. Yeah, and it's the last and final commandment in Matthew 28, right? Like the last thing before He ascends into heaven is. Go and therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, and so it's like, bro, if it's the last thing he says, it's probably one of the most important things we need to we need to do, right? Uh, we need to make his name known and glorify him. Um, and so, another verse that really hits home with me is also in Matthew and uh, Matthew nine thirty six to thirty eight, which says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers were few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And man, that's just a powerful message. Like this is um, from the beginning of his his journey in um, his ministry. And then the, the way he ends his ministry is by saying this command, like go, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so he is calling us to meet this need in Matthew 28. And even in, in Matthew 9, as he's talking to um, his, his disciples, he's like, bro, go make my name known and make and bring glory to the Father because that is what matters. Not, not anything of this world is going to suffice, but the only thing that is satisfying is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of, I'm not sure if it's just a Western thing. I think it's just a people issue is people will read that verse, the end of Matthew, um, and they'll be like, well, someone else can do that. Uh, that's not my job. And so, oh, you know. That is not my job. That is not my job. <laughs> I think a, a core foundation of why we do things for the Lord in general comes from really pondering, I think, just like the, the gift of salvation. I mean, it said in the verse that Mavi just mentioned, that Jesus had compassion um, for those people in Jerusalem because they weren't in right relationship with God. Um, I mean, just Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, just reading on that and meditating on that, um, at the end it says that we're Christ's workmanship. But before that, it re- Paul really highlights the fact that our gift, our great, our salvation is a gift from God. And it's just like whenever you really think about that, you start to see people who aren't saved, like you have compassion for them because you want them to experience the grace that you have been gifted with. And it breaks your heart. It should break your heart that people aren't in relationship with Christ. You know, Jesus cried and wept over the city of Jerusalem before he entered. Um, There's a great uh, quote by Nabil Qureshi. Um, He passed away a couple years ago, but... um, it's a great book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, uh, shameless plug. Great book. Um, in addition, I mean, to evangelizing to someone who comes from a Muslim background, it does equip you um, for those conversations. But in the first American gospel, he gives a little tidbit where he said that growing up as a Muslim in America, 
Um, he had Christian friends who never mentioned the gospel to him. And uh, I may be getting this quote wrong, but what he said was um, either one, uh, they didn't believe that heaven and hell were real and that Jesus was the only way to have a relationship with the Father, or B, they did believe that was the truth and they didn't care that he was going to hell. And so, I mean, ever since hearing that, it just really made me change my perspective on, I mean, just the truth of the gospel. That's the hard truth. And that's why Paul and the early church fathers and, and just the church in general were really bold in spreading the gospel because they truly believed that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can get to the Father except through him. And so, um, you know, on that topic of works, evangelism isn't a resume-building task. Like, you're not, if we, if, you know, for some reason, Britain, myself, and Mavi just got struck down by lightning right now, I, you know, Britain would be like, well, I evangelized to this guy and this guy and this guy, so let me in, God. You know, it's by grace that we're saved. Um, so it's not a resume-building task to improve our own merit with God, but it's a response to the grace that we've received, like I kind of mentioned earlier. And so um, it's not for ourselves, it's for the selves of others so that they may experience the grace of God. Bobby just put a thing. I didn't hear it. I don't have headphones on. Um, but uh, I, I love this this little, I mean, it's First Peter 2, 9, where it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so, like, when you go to church, it's, it should ideally be a pastor's conference. Um, your pastor should be equipping the congregation to go out and to t- teach the good news. You shouldn't be going to church and just having your pastor tickle your ears with, you know, good things to hear. Um, he should be equipping the saints to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. And so, again, another sound effect that I did not hear. And there's another one I saw impress it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who who picks up the mantle? Um, it's just not enough to say either the individual or just the church. I mean, individuals make up the church. And so, of course, we can't all be like Mobby, uh, who's going to study, not study abroad, going abroad uh, to the U.K. Uh, to, to teach others the good news. But um, we should have a heart for that equipping the saints right yes, um, but also you can't just give money like oh oh i'll just give uh you know this amount every month and that's that's my service you know like you should be active in that yes. in whatever way you can and again there are broken people everywhere so don't limit yourself to be like oh well i'm not serving abroad as a missionary so i'll just let them do the work it's like no like we're we're the hand and feet of christ so let's go and, and do this good work so um, but yeah, um, uh, any other questions, I guess, what, Brandon, what are some, uh, are there any key verses, I guess, that you have, or like, how would you lead a gospel conversation if I was like, uh, hey, Brandon, I see you talk about Jesus a lot. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Man. How would this conversation go? I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna role play real quick. We didn't plan this, but role yeah, baby. <laughs> play, role play. Right. Come on, man. <sighs> Let me think. Let me think. Because you know, it, it kind of changes every single time. That's right. Uh, That's right. It's, you, it's, it's never. It, I mean, you know, what I'm saying the questions are always kind of the same. You know, they they're asked a different way, but they uh, they all are all kind of the same thing. Um, but like, let's see. All right, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to just try to think. All right, so I had a friend. 
I know I know you you're trying to role play here. All right, so you're you're my friend here. Okay. Uh we talk a lot about anime and um there's an anime that we uh that we both watch. Anime. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? We watch a little anime and uh this anime has a lot of spiritual aspects to it. Spiritual. Yeah, spiritual, you know what I'm saying? And uh so uh, so he'll so I have found a way to get to Jesus through the anime mm, to Jesus. Um, but I just did it on the basis of our, on the basis of what we both liked. So I'm saying we, we've had numerous conversations over this um, preference. <laughs> this guy. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, nah, we, uh, we've had like some really good solid conversations. Um, in which case that I invited him to a, a Bible study and he was an unbeliever, invited him to a Bible study that we had, um, with believers there at Costco and brought him in. Um, that, that Bible study went for about four months roughly before the pandemic happened and we had to kind of cancel because of the pandemic. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm just trying to think, man, there's so many different things. Oh, so the same guy, right, um, he came to me one day and he was just saying that Jesus wasn't real. So I said, all right, cool. Um, how do you know that Abraham Lincoln was real? And um, he was like, well, because there's notes that are written about him. Da, da, da. But I was like, bro, I don't personally know Abraham Lincoln. And anyone within my immediate circle don't know Abraham Lincoln. So how do you know that he is real? You know what I'm saying? Like our history books could lie. And say that Abraham Lincoln lived when he was false. And so that really kind of just like set him back a little bit. Um, but every conversation, I know we said we we're going to try role play, but it's kind of hard to role play. When it is, yeah. It's, 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 it's a little hard to role play because it just depends on the situation that I'm in or whenever you guys are in it. I mean, it's just a little different how it kind of comes off. Ladies... Men, older men, young men. I mean, it's just real. It's a little different. It's, it's hard to do that role play stuff. Yeah, I think ultimately, like the the point of you know the role play was like, man, like you never know when someone's just going to ask you, bro, why do you believe what you believe, or like, hey, can you tell me more about Jesus? Like, I I see you study your Bible. Like, why? Why do you do that? Or why do you go to church, bro? Like I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. Like, why, do you, why are you wasting your time? And a really, really good verse to really just ponder and sit in is First Peter three fifteen, and it says, "But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you." Apologetics. That's right, baby. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So there, there's there's three words here that I really really uh, aren't really actually more. There's probably a few words, but um, yeah. So I'll just I'm gonna, I'm gonna list up these words. So one is honor, and who you who you gonna honor? You're gonna honor Christ, not yourself. So think about that as we as I say this next word, and then the next word is defense. And so when we hear the word defense, we think about self, not about the Lord. Mm, that's good. So there's a reason why honor comes before the defense. It's because we're not here to bring glory to self. We're here to bring glory to God. And so we really want to make sure we hit home. When they're asking us this question, they're not, they're not making a personal attack. They want to know more. And they don't know how to ask. 
And so they're going to come and ask you in any way they can think about, and that you need to come to them with gentleness and respect, right? So that you can give them a reason for the hope that is in Christ, right? So that you can bring honor to him. He doesn't need you to defend him. He can defend himself, right? And he, he doesn't need a, a measly human being to do that. He is the sovereign God, right? right who right. who is flesh, in the, in the flesh, Jesus, you know, who is also fully human but fully God. So, like, he doesn't, he doesn't need our help to do those things. Long story short, it's like, man, this is why we evangelize. Like, this is why we do this. We want to meet the needs of the people who is including ourselves with a gospel that meets that need, right? That's, that is the whole point of evangelism. We are seeking purpose and identity in this world, and the only thing that is going to fill that void is the gospel and the, the cross. Right, right. And, and, you know, I got a question for you guys. Um, whenever you guys are defending, right, you're on the kind of that defense side and you're um, getting asked a question. Have you ever thought to yourself, like, man, that, that's a good question. And I've actually struggled with that question. Like, they articulated it in a way that you yourself maybe have struggled with that way? How do you, in that moment, process through that? Yeah, great question. Um, quickly before answering that, to Mavi's point, there, yes, I would say the large majority of people who ask questions may be genuinely curious. But I do think some people also mock Christianity. It's like, oh, your God believes this? How stupid is that? And so that's where it's very easy to turn to your flesh. Um, and this is a perfect example of where you can model Christ likeness. I mean, in Isaiah 53, he was um, led to, his, like a sheep uh, led to his shears. He was silent. Um, so with gentleness and respect, I think um, the foundation of going into evangelism that it's, uh, they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting God, uh, mm. provides comfort Come on. because it's like, look, I'm just called to be faithful you know, and that's hey, that's you know good. what? That's a great question, and I would love to to get back to you on that. I, I think um, I'm going to pray about it and see if I can find an answer for you. Um, and again, that's being humble because if you place all that conversation, if you place a burden of salvation on yourself, you're going to be stressed, man. It's God who gives the growth. We plant the seed, and so we're just being faithful in those conversations and saying, you know, it's not my will, it's the, Lord, it's the Lord's will to be done. Um, and uh, it says it in 2 Timothy chapter 2 as well. It kind of mirrors 1 Peter 3. But it says the Lord's servant must not quarrel. So um, there's no need to, to raise your voice. If I think it's sometimes we can go into a conversation and be like, Lord, please don't let me be upset. And then you start off good, and then they start raising their voice, so then you start raising your voice. I think... Uh, I've had a few conversations where someone's, you know, giving their spiel and I'm listening, but I'm also praying at the same time. Like, Lord, just give me the strength to continue to treat them with gentleness and respect. Because um, that, that's just a continual prayer. You know, I think continuing to rely on uh, the spirit and the father to equip us and not our own merit and our own intelligence. And I think that's for people who study the Bible uh, day in and day out, I think sometimes that can be the temptation. It's like, oh, well, I have all these, I have all this knowledge. Oh, someone says something about, um, 
I don't know, saved by works. I'll have Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And so that's, I've, I've gotten into apologetics and I like reading and studying that stuff. But you do have to be careful because I've seen some apologetics debates where the Christian person who's def- defending Christ doesn't even uh, talk to that person about them accepting Christ. They just want to prove them wrong um, on a platform. And so are you doing it to win the argument or are you doing it to win the person? Um, and that's motivated by our compassion that we should have that people be saved by Christ. Um, and so it's totally counter uh, human. Uh, my flesh wants to have a quick conversation, you know, hit them with some quick facts, destroy them, destroy them. Right. And like make them feel bad. Like, haha, I won the argument. Cause that's my temptation. But it's like, that's not modeling Christ straight up. No. So, nope. but yeah. But even like, if you, Read further in Second Timothy two, um, verse. He, Robbie talked about verse twenty four, and it continues, and it talks about how we must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring the evil. Which you can even substitute that word evil with the persecution, the mockery, the the shame that they're putting upon you. It's like, man, <laughs> you should not be ashamed of the gospel. You should not be ashamed of your relationship with Christ. Who who is man to tell you? that that is shameful it's like they're not god they're not a sovereign god they're not creator they're creation just like you they are no better you are no better than them and so man like we just want to um approach them with gentleness and hopes that man god may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and that they may come uh to their senses as we have and constantly have to come to our senses again constantly repent day in and day out um, and es- escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And so that those verses, Second Timothy two twenty four through twenty six, are powerful. Like they are amazing. Paul really hits home with this man, um, and I really just love what he has to say there. And I think just to further emphasize this, this last verse here, it's in First Timothy, um, verse or Second Timothy uh, chapter one verse eight says, "Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord." nor of me, his prisoner, but share, share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. It's like that is not in our own power. It is in God's power, and he has called us to the suffering in order for the greater good and for his kingdom, and we just must obey. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, after all of these things have been said, like a question to you guys would be – how do we how do we help people to um how how do we help people to evangelize like um what 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 would be something that you guys would do maybe in in well for for you my my brother right here um how would you help your fellow just your fellow brothers and sisters from the church you're from like to evangelize how would you help them in that space because you know obviously there's there's a lot of people who desire to do evangelism but obviously they think evangelism is street evangelism and that's all it is but obviously street evangelism is just a form of evangelism Mm -hmm. it's not evangelism holistically but like what would you do or how would you help people to evangelize i think encouragement and empowerment is really important um and 
there's a verse, Second Timothy chapter two, verse two, where it says, "What you have heard from the from me in the presence of many witnesses." This is the key part. Commit to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And so it's like passing the torch in leadership is so important. I think, I mean, obviously, this isn't a church leaders podcast, but I think the church really needs to remind themselves to commit to faithful um, men and women to pass on the torch because I think sometimes people can hold on to that ministry of like, oh, like this ministry is mine. And sooner or later, you have a dead church because you're not equipping the saints to go forth um, and continue the mission, right? And it's not just street evangelism. It's evangelism at work in the church. I I mean, in verse 8, it's Paul's telling Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Like, t- Paul knows that Timothy, you know, doesn't have memory problems. He knows that he knows who Jesus is, but he's reminding him of the gospel truth, which is the fuel for that evangelism. If you don't have a, again, like what I mentioned at the beginning, like a solid um, base of the gospel, like you're going to, when suffering comes, which is a, a theme of Christians, um, you're going to suffer. That's just part of the, the walk. Jesus suffered immensely and he's God. And he told his disciples, look what they did to me. You know, like fam, it, right. it's right. not looking too hot for you. I mean, all the early disciples <laughs> died terrible deaths and I'm not, this isn't like to put fear in your hearts, but it's like, you know, for me, something that holds me back or like Brenton at work sometimes for like for all of us is that social anxiety of like, oh man, like what if they like don't talk to me again because like I talked about the gospel or uh, what if they look at me like a weird, like a Jesus freak because I talked about the gospel to them. And it's like you read the New Testament and Stephen was stoned to death for talking about the gospel. Uh, I'm pretty sure Paul was what crucified upside down. He was in jail for many years. All of the early church fathers were martyrs. For the faith. And I'm over here. Robbie's like, oh, it's going to be really awkward talking to this guy about the faith. And that's what I'm stressed out about. Um, with John 10, 15. Um, I stopped this. I think I stopped this verse in here. Um, I said, just, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I laid down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold being of the Jewish, like the Gentiles. Um, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. So how do the sheep listen to his voice? It's through the work of his people, via Christ's workmanship, and by the teaching and hearing of his word. And then Jesus later says in John seventeen twenty, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And so I think that encouragement aspect of like, hey, man, like we're the church, like let's go. Um, at the same time, uh, reemphasizing the fact that it's like you're not a better Christian just because you're not more justified. We're all equally justified before the Lord. Um, we may be at different areas or phases of our sanctification in terms of, you know, our conformity to the image of Christ. But uh, I think reminding them of that truth is so important of just uh, fanning the flame of their gifts. It says that in Second Timothy 1. And so, yep, I think that would be my way. Um, it's, it's a lot of different things kind of sure, coming together. Sure. Right. But, Definitely. um, I think the foundation is so key that that was a big change for me was, I think I tried laying out the tracks of the train before I put coal, uh, in the engine and the coal was the gospel truth. Free so, smoke, um, I was trying to, to run a race where I didn't have any fuel, you know, I didn't have any G fuel, some Gatorade. Sheesh. Uh, 
um, so yeah, I, I think that's 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 key. Get get the home stuff first, and then you'll see God doing some crazy stuff through them. So, yeah. What about you, Bobby? I don't know. I'm sorry, dude. I got lost in the spirit there, bro. He was speaking through you. Uh, remind me of the question again. It was uh, so like the question is is like what are some practical means by like how you would help believers to evangelize or you know or just right. tidbits, you know? Yeah, man. Man, you and I were talking about this last night. Um. I personally believe it starts up front. And what I mean by that is it starts with leadership, whether that's the elders in the church, the deacons in the church, um, whether that's the person discipling you. It's like whatever it boils down to, it boils down to discipleship and and a formal relationship with Jesus Christ day in and day out, taking up your cross daily. If you are not allowing yourself to be poured into by God's word, what makes you think you can pour out? You know what I'm saying? It's like if you're <laughs> like if if you if you are not being poured into, what makes you think you can pour out? Like there, we have to be equipped, and we have to allow ourselves to be equipped by God's word. And if we're not doing that, then we're speaking from our own personal bias. We're not speaking from God's word. We're not speaking from what the Lord gave us or his gospel, his desires, his will. And so it starts up front. It starts with discipleship. I know for dang sure Paul preached this, and I know he taught it to his disciples. Mm. Right? Mm. So 2 Timothy talks about it all the time, bro. Like, you know, teach it to faithful men who will do... um, I'm sorry, entrusted to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That is discipleship, 101. Find faithful men. We we like to say, and um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm part of Campus Outreach um, staff, and we say and call people FAT. So it's an acronym, so don't get it confused. Don't get it twisted. P-H-A-T or? No, no. <laughs> no, the, the P-H-A-T was when I was a lineman in high school, bro. We were fat, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Nah, bro, that has a different uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no, fat So F meaning faithful A meaning available And T meaning teachable Yeah, that's cool And so you need to be fat, bro And if you're not fat Like Man, man, I'm I'm gonna be honest Like You need need to reevaluate your relationship with the Lord Yeah, you need to eat more. Yeah, you need to you need to eat more of the word, bro. You know, so you need to let the let the spirit intercede and work in your heart to change your heart on this subject of evangelism because it's important. And you know, man, I, I just I, I don't know. I think personally, from a personal standpoint, I think it boils down to discipleship. And without that formal discipleship, if you're not being equipped and trained by someone who also lives and walks in these ways, just as Jesus did himself, then you're not going to because you, you just don't know. It's a matter of ignorance at that point. And if you've been told and you're not doing it, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. It's just stupidity. Is it is it really ignorance or is it just because I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I'm going to just say it's not ignorance because if you read this word, you can't be ignorant to it. You know That's I mean? true, arrogance, bro. Right? Arrogance is knowing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Robbie was saying like arrogance is is knowing something and and not doing it right. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. And well, I- ignorance is like the not knowing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And there, and there's a lot, a lot of people we know who, who know it. Yeah. And, and to be honest, man, like this is part of the reason why we have this, this cultural divide in our, in our country, man, is because it's arrogance. We preach about it, but we don't do it. We don't get out, we don't get out the borders of the, the church and go do it. You know, we talk about wanting to reach the community and the people around us, but so often, you know, the not like we find ourselves just evangelizing the people we're comfortable communing with mm-hmm. rather than the people that really could make reach, an impact in the community around. Reach, and so, reach. but yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, it's a great point. It's the, the term is like the holy huddle, right? Where it's like you go to your home group or your community group and you just like kind of look at each other inward and really, you should be looking outward um, and running alongside each other. Uh, this this great great race on the front lines. I mean, that's when Second Timothy Paul says, "You know, I finished the uh, the race. I fought the good fight, and he's kept the faith." Um, but I love Paul's um, his verbiage. So in First Timothy four, he says, uh, "Train yourself in godliness. Um, you know, get rid of the the sin that clings close. Flee." from youthful passions, guard the good deposit, um, hold on to the good faith. Like those are, those aren't just like leisurely verbs. You know, you don't hold on to something unless something's trying to pull you away. And so this idea of like spiritual disciplines, Bryn is another aspect that I think uh, is part of discipleship. And I would say that's something more for a a more mature Christian. Um, But for example, like uh, Mobby and I, whenever we were in community group during college, uh, we went through a book called uh, Disciplines of a Godly Young Man by R. Ken Hughes. And I actually got the, the big boy version. It's just called Disciplines of a Godly Man. So, yeah, I'm big now. What's up? What's that up? Thick, bro. <laughs> it's, that thing is fat. It's fat. I'm not going to lie. But at the beginning of the book, it talks about, you know, what's the reason for discipline? And the author makes a great point. And I think there's a quote. I don't know who it's by. But it says, whenever obedience... Um, is fully appeared to be legalism in the church, like that's the height of heresy. Um, and it's facts, bro. <laughs> hey, chill with that button, fool. Hey, got him, coach. But uh, he makes a great distinction that legalism is self-centered, whereas obedience is God-centered. Um, and I think there are spiritual disciplines, like, um, I mean, we're talking about getting into the work, right? Like how, how will we know what to preach if we don't know if we're not getting in god's living and alive word and so um just those spiritual disciplines i think is a huge thing um and again it's like man share in suffering um let's get up in arms and be in community and spur each other on for good works like that's what should get you hype and like not all analogies are perfect but it's like christianity is a team sport um and it's not like britain's on the field and I'm like, hey, good play, Brenton. Or like, hey, get him next time. Like, I'm on the field with him. And we're picking each other up whenever we fall down. And we're encouraging each other um, just as we go through life. And so, I mean, that should get you to want to just run through a wall. You know what I mean, fam? Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's I'll get off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it should get you hype. Um, oh, man. Brenton, I guess... Um, was there a, a, I guess, someone who discipled you in your past uh, that you know just said some really just influential stuff that you still kind of hold on to today? Man, man, yeah. There, there's been many people, um, but one person I will say in particular is my aunt. So um, 
as I was growing up, you know what I'm saying, uh, we would go to all these different types of churches, man. Um, so we went to this church. It was all Hispanic church. Um, they kind of had an English speaking section for us who didn't speak Spanish and it was just cool. So, um, back in the day they used to have these, uh, tracks, um, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what you know what I'm talking about? They had a little Oh yeah, the little handouts, baby. Yeah, yeah you got the little piece of paper yeah, and that little, that little you know, piece of paper. That's 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 the quick way, easy way to do evangelism, <laughs> but it ain't effective, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? It was effective for me because I was trying to get out of that mug, you know what I'm saying? So what my aunt would do is um she would have us she would give us like five tracks. And so um myself and my cousin, and so she she gave it to us and then I would go out and I would, you know, try to Go to a car, oh, you know, pick up a uh, little windshield wiper and stick it in there. And she caught me a couple of times and she was like, <laughs> she gave me five more tracks and she was like, you need to go present this to somebody. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I, 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 I really. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> oh, man. So, so my aunt, so, man, she was like, I, I would say that the Lord used her um, to kind of, in a way, disciple me towards evangelism. Um just the churches that we went to, the places that we've gone. I mean, she was truly like the Lord used her instrumentally, like a like an instrument, um, to really push evangelism through for me. Um Uh, I'm trying to think who else was out there. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, ma'am, I think my aunt was probably one of those biggest she was probably the biggest key factor in a in a lot of ways. Like when I think about evangelism, I always think of that woman. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, man, there are other men out there, but a lot of them were in different ways. Um, dang, I'm trying to think. Right? No, I just think. That, I mean, just while you're thinking, I think that's so encouraging. Of again, you know, I'm sure before you talk to your first person, you're like, "Bro, I'm I I can't do it," and then you just get thrown in there, and, and like you leave, and you're like, "That was that was pretty cool," yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like I, I just went on autopilot, and the Lord just kind of. Bada boom, bada beam. Um, and so, I mean, for anyone listening, and if you haven't had, you know, uh, any type of evangelical conversation, um, man, our encouragement is just to do it, you know? Um, that's, that. I mean, that's if, all you When you have a solid foundation of the gospel. Uh, so, so it's like, you know, you're saved, uh, you know, because of Jesus dying for your sins. And, um, man, just that leads to more conversations. So I think, again, like, Another fear that I may have, it's like, I need to have the perfect conversation. Um, and it's yet yeah, to understand, it's like, true. this could be a start of many conversations. Um, and I think about my, my coming to faith, and it's like, it was faithful men. Shout out to Sturd, Coley, Maharaj, those three guys, and a few others um, from Campus Outreach. Just like, man, they invited me to Bible studies, and I'd probably be... Uh, slizzard off of four loco and i wouldn't go and guess what you know what's funny is like i remember okay stirred if you're listening this is funny there was a a greek barbecue that uh the campus outreach guys went to and Mobby and i were in the same fraternity and i think i pre-gamed that thing and obviously i wasn't of age and i saw stirred there and so I, I tried staying as far away as possible and he ended up coming up and talking to me i knew he could smell something but man, he stayed faithful. And like, there are guys where it's like, oh yeah, Robbie's just like never gonna ever come to a Bible study. There's no sense in inviting him. And so like, just like their faithfulness, um, in terms of just reaching out and having a relationship with me, man, like I'm just like I'm so thankful that 
they didn't give up on this bonehead of myself who just like was doing stupid stuff. And by the grace of God, they just like saw, I guess, him working and softening my heart. And so if you have a conversation and it doesn't go the way you thought it would go, you know, just keep being faithful. That's, that's another encouragement that I would have. But I mean, just hearing your aunt, that's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I really can't think of anybody else. I mean, I really can't think of anybody else that really stirred me to towards evangelism other than my aunt. Her name is uh, Auntie Helen. Um, shout out! So shout out to Auntie Helen uh, Baskerine. Um, <laughs> love, love her, love her dearly. Uh, just for her, her faithfulness to proclaim the gospel to all people groups. Um, she, she, man, she was awesome. So definitely shout out to her. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think, man. You know, there's not. Yeah, I I think kind of like what you were saying. You're saying, hey, look, man, just just do it because at the end of the day, like there is a there is a confidence level that comes after you do it a couple times, mm-hmm. right? Um, you need to be. I, I would say to anyone out there, man, just be, just do it, but just continue to keep pressing in. You don't do it with the people that are in your spirit of influence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not that hard. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring them to the church to let your pastor do it. Like mm-hmm. you have greater influence over that person than your you, pastor. You have does. that relationship. You know what I'm saying? And so like, like the Lord is going to use you and you might even get to see them come to faith. Like I can't tell you right now, like how many people have come to faith on account of me saying it. I, I've only witnessed one person, but at the end of the day, who gets the glory? Not me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's right, baby. Not, not me. Mm. So, yeah, bro, that's that's so good, and I just love like, like just hearing stories about faithful men and women, like just continually pursuing, like that is what we need. We don't need, you know, shaky like uh, people out there. We man, just lay everything down and pursue deeper relationships with people. So that you can share the gospel with them. Don't be fake. Like be genuine. Be who you are in Christ. So that you can find an opportunity to share what gives you hope. To hopefully give them hope. Yeah. Um, and so. I think. One, one of the biggest things that. Discipleship teaches you to kind of like. Bring it back to like my particular point And what I think really helps someone understand evangelism and see it firsthand and be uh, be able to grow in it um, is like, bro, in discipleship, there's, there's like, there's, there's six different steps to discipleship. And it's, man, you want to, you want to do whatever it is in front of them. You want to teach them why you want to show them how you do it with them. You keep them going and you send them out. You help them reproduce. It's like, that's discipleship, right? So you're, you build this relationship with them. You evangelize to them. You establish them in this new, you know, faith that they just said yes to in a relationship with Christ, and then you help equip them, and then you export them, period. So, and I think that is extremely effective because, one, you're just doing life on life. Like like Brenton was talking about, like, man, his aunt did it with him. He got taught why, right? And then he was shown how, and then she did it with him, and she kept him going. Like when he tried to cut corners, she said no. 
Like you go, 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 go be intentional. Right. And then she sent him out. That is pure faithfulness. She did. You know, one thing I will say, you know, like, uh, my children, right. Um, I got to baptize my daughter. Mm, uh, Come on. um, What was it? A few, that's right. About three months ago. Um, and just to see where she had, where she came from to where she is now, man, like, that is by the grace of God. Like I poured in and poured in and poured mm. in. Like, like my children are my primary. They they're kind of like my primary. My wife, my kids. Um, they're kind of like my primary ministry. And so, like pouring into my kids and, like, I would just say for any one of those uh, those people out there that are uh, married and got kids, and if your kids ain't believers, like remember, like take care of your home first. You know what I'm saying, like. Take care of your home first before you go out. Can't you? It, 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 is, it is important to go out and proclaim the gospel, but if you're not proclaiming the gospel to your primary ministry first, then you're missing the point. Like, you, you are missing it. And, uh, Amen. Your, your, you, like, your kids are with you day in and day out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're seeing every bit of who you are, your negatives. Yo, positives and the ugly. I mean, they seen the whole thing and just constantly, even in your discipline, you know, I, I have to remind my kids of like the gospel constantly. I got to apologize constantly for mm, like, I love for, that. for my, for my imperfections towards them. I mean, mm. they've seen my tears, um, but I, I constantly just try to be faithful and proclaiming the gospel to them. And I, and they, and they, and they strengthened me and they sharpened me mm. to do the ministry outside but it, it starts at home first. Bro, that is so good. And I love how you talked about, one, especially I think, we you know, we're all men. Um, and so I think one of the things we struggle with is being emotional, like showing that vulnerability. And so to be able to like have that moment to go to your children and be like in, in tears knowing that you did wrong and ask for their forgiveness, that builds trust. That builds a deeper relationship with them to where it's like, man, you are seen at a higher esteem as their father already. And to, to be able to do that builds even more respect in their eyes. Um, and let alone, like, man, that shows that you're imperfect, right? And it's okay to be imperfect. It but is. there's also a response to imperfection, and it's called repentance, which we need to do daily, right? And to be able to exemplify that in front of them shows them what it looks like to walk with Christ. So, dude, yeah. kudos to that, man. And Shout out to Asiana getting baptized, bro. That's right, baby. Yeah, she came. Yeah, Asiana came through, man. That's right, baby. Hey, baby. What's yeah, up? What's she... up, pineapple head? <laughs> Boy, he said pineapple head, bro. Hey, man, that's, that's, that's her nickname, bro. Oh, you know what I'm that's saying? funny. I got, I got my United Nations, so you know what I'm saying? That's right. Ho- holler out to Mowgli. Uh, holler out to Baloo, as I call my. That's, what, that's their nicknames, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, but yeah, and I think something that will maybe even give you comfort, it's like, man, knowing that, man, she is in the Lord's hands, and the Lord's hand is in the Father's hand. So not only is she wrapped around the hand of Jesus, but she's wrapped around the hand of God. Right. So she's doubly secure by a sovereign God, the creator. And so, man, just now he's just got to focus on and continue to encourage her and disciple her and establish and equip, man. So, a.k.a. love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, man? I just want to say, man, Austin, man, I, I love you, bro. Like you, uh, 
you encourage me. I love being around the sing- the single brothers in faith. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you guys kind of, you know, I might be married and got all this stuff going on, but just, you know what I'm saying? Like we married folks, we, uh, we look to you single folks, because you guys get to do things that you guys get to devote your entire life to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And like marriage is great. Marriage is great. You know, but Paul, he said, Hey, look, if you can be single, be single, because there's things that you get to do that I don't get to do. And so you guys always encourage me um, as a married man to continue to keep pushing to remind my, you guys remind me to continue to look up to Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I am definitely encouraged by campus outreach in general, uh, just to see what you guys are doing. Um, there's a lot that many churches can learn from campus outreach, the single men and the single women of campus outreach. Um, cause man, you know what? Let me, let me not say nothing. Cause I, that I got, I'm on the soapbox too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going down. For <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate that. It's a lot. So yeah, well, I think, I think we're pretty much done, bro. I think we, uh, about set our piece, bro. We hit some, some deep points, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, man, I mean, did y'all have any other questions? A final thought. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's just like my tendency or personality, but it's Give me the mic, baby. it's not it's not just. I mean, this is the one last thing I want to say is that it's not just pure intelligence. Um, and I think I love what Britton said about him modeling Christ for his family, um, because you can be tempted to just Bible thump. And just be like, oh, well, this verse says this, and this verse says this, and this verse says this. And you're really leaning heavy on truth and no grace. Um, And we've talked about that concept before, finding that balance of grace and truth. Because if you have all truth, no grace, it leads to self-righteous legalism. And then grace without truth leads to moral indifference. And so, you know, Jesus did both. He spoke the truth, the hard truth. But he also spoke it with just immense grace and empathy um, for those who were struggling Christians and those who trusted in Christ, but also those who didn't have a relationship. And so just really encouraged by what you said, Britton, of just like, man, you being bold and not only preaching the gospel, but living the gospel um, and actually being a man of the words that you speak um, to those outside your household and those in. So I'm just super encouraged by that. But just do it guys just just do it just do evangelism just do it and if you need if you need help to do it then you know what i'm saying like ask those faithful men and women in your church that you see that are doing it and just walk alongside them you know what i'm saying like say hey look let me go out with you one day you know what i'm saying and walk with them and when they're doing it be praying you know what i'm saying pray pray for the meetings and then after that and just learn and go cuz i think for those who say, oh, you know, I'm not equipped. All right, cool. Go learn to get equipped. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Don't just. Don't be content. Right. Right. You can't, you can't be content. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm. the Lord doesn't re- reward, con- you know, passiveness. You know, he, he wants good. people who are on fire. You know, that's what he wants. Right. Because you remember he said he said he don't want you. Hot. He don't want you cold. You know what I'm saying? If you look warm, you out. He spits yeah, you he, out. He spits you out. Like get on hot, get hot, bro. There are so many people that I see that man love to evangelize, but I, I feel like sometimes the church, 
the people within the church kind of just don't want to do it because someone else is already doing it. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is calling us all, all, all of us, not just the people who have a gifting. He's calling all of us to evangelize. So please evangelize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll leave it right there. Yeah. Go evangelize. Go. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us today on The Route. And uh, hopefully we'll see you, see you guys soon. I'll take care.